you are listening to the Big Finish podcast. Do you like those space potatoes? Hello, I'm Nick Briggs. No arguments. It's true. Big Finish? I hear you ask in my head, naturally. We are the purveyors of fine audio drama and audiobooks. Surely you knew that. But in case you're a lost soul wandering the internet and downloading podcasts without knowing what they're actually about, and why shouldn't you be? Let me tell you this. We make Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake Seven, Sherlock Holmes, The Adventures of Bernice Summerfield, The Avengers, The Omega Factor. Remember that? Survivors remember that. The Prisoner. You know. Uh, The Confessions of Dorian Gray. Dark Shadows. Spooky. All sorts of things. Check us out at bigfinish.com. Or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter really easily. Also on YouTube, too. So... This is how a Big Finish podcast goes. In a moment, the news. All the latest stories about what we're releasing. Following that, listeners' emails. You tell us what you're thinking and very possibly ask awkward questions. I attempt to give not entirely disappointing answers. Uh, The uh, podcast's email address is podcast at bigfinish.com, by the way. Then it's our guest star interview. This podcast, it's with Louise Jameson, famous for being in the great British soap opera EastEnders, the great British smash hit detective series Bergerac, the critically acclaimed landmark British drama series Tenko, the less well-known but really superb British supernatural series The Omega Factor, which we do audios of, but perhaps best well-known of all, at least to us, for being Leela, savage companion of the fourth Doctor, Tom Baker. Not sure if Lou and I discuss any of that, but we certainly have a jolly good laugh. I can seriously and immodestly say it's unmissable, especially if you forget to press stop. Following the guest star interview, it'll be time for a random release selected from the huge archive of Big Finish Productions. I'll play you the trailer, then hopefully give you some interesting anecdotes about it. That's the theory. It is, of course, entirely possible that I won't know anything about it. In that case, I shall have to make up an anecdote. <laughs> like, oh, yes, I remember that one. We all wore eye patches during the uh, recording. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <clears throat> then, just before I tell you about next week's podcast, there'll just be time to let you know what our latest releases are. And there'll be clips and trailers all along the way. There'll also be a special Dark Shadows competition. Yeah, just throwing that in. Oh, yes. Then finally, it'll be time for the second instalment of our serialisation of The Great War, an adventure for the Eighth Doctor taken from the award-winning adventure Dark Eyes. So now... Time for the news. Doctor Who, The Early Adventures, Series 3, coming soon. We're just a few weeks away from the start of the first Doctor's next set of adventures, including Doctor Who, The Age of Endurance. Here's the trailer. Well, what do you make of it this time? I don't know. I can barely see anything. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Early Adventures, The Age of Endurance. Sorry, I wasn't being rude. I'm just curious. Curious? Yes. About all those identical scars. I thought you might be clones. Grandfather and I saw some once. But that was before we met... You've met viable clones? Oh, yes. But that's not you, is it? You're something different, aren't you? This is Endurance calling the Vanguard. Do you read me? This is Endurance calling the Vanguard. Please respond. That is some sort of military dreadnought. Whatever is happening here, I don't think we want to be party to it. There is too much at stake. We've come too far. So what do we do? What choice do we have? We fight. Charge weapons! Stand ready! Big finish. We love stories. What's happening? I've made a mistake, is what's happening. A bad one. This new story by Nick Wallace 
features the return of Caroline Ford as Susan and William Russell as Ian, with William also performing the role of the First Doctor, naturally. They're joined by Gemma Powell as Barbara Wright, taking on the iconic companion originally portrayed by Jacqueline Hill, who Gemma appeared as in the anniversary biopic An Adventure in Space and Time. The Fifth Traveller by Philip Lawrence features Maureen O'Brien as Vicky and introduces James Joyce as a new companion, Josper. November's The Ravelli Conspiracy finds Peter Purvis star as both the Doctor and Stephen Taylor, encountering Niccolo Machiavelli in 16th century Florence. The story has been written by Robert Kahn and Tom Selinsky. Finally, December's The Sontarans by Simon Guerrier finds the travellers encountering an aggressive race of clones who will one day become sworn enemies of the Doctor. Dan Starkey plays the Sontarans alongside Jean Marsh as SSSSSSSSS agent Sarah Kingdom. On to some bad news, but good news. Charlotte Pollard's Series 2 has been delayed until March 2017. However, scripts are now finished and recording is slated to go ahead in September, with pre-production also beginning on Charlotte Pollard Series 3. That's the good news bit. Sorry about the delay. It's entirely my fault, but the scripts are finished as I just read out. The rest of 2016 won't be entirely Charlie-free either, as uh, along with a special vinyl edition of The Chimes of Midnight, the eighth Doctor adventure, which was voted the best Doctor Who adventure ever, ever, or something like that, Charlie will also appear in November's short trip release, The Man Who Wasn't There. Charlie glanced along the narrow path, as she had done periodically all morning. It was as empty as it had been since a curious monkey an hour ago. Actually, no, it wasn't. Doctor, there's someone there. Is this him, your fabled explorer, Marchmont? Mom Marsh, Doctor. And no, it isn't. Eighth Doctor fans will also be able to hear Nicola Walker alongside the Doctor in the January 2017 short trip, The World Beyond the Trees. And talking of short trips, the Paul Sprague Short Trips Writer's Opportunity has now closed. All the entries are in and in fact a short list was made by Ian Atkins and I've been really enjoying reading those. And the two of us have come up with a winner but we're not going to announce it at the moment. Very soon though. Yeah, there's something to look forward to. I must say that I've, I've read some fantastic stories and this one in particular, the winner. Um, I can't wait to perform that one. And just time to mention a couple of recent releases. Doctor Who, A Life of Crime, and Doctor Who, The Pursuit of History. Yeah, yeah. There's a parrot, by the way. Yeah, now that's interesting. <laughs> Isn't that interesting, Romana? 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 K-9? Where's that girl gone? Where's that dog gone? Where is everybody? That sounds like trouble. Ah! It's about time I found something better to do than run round after the brigadier! I beg your pardon? Ah! And now, before we go on to the Big Finish emails, just a quick mention of my son, Ben, who has been appearing from time to time in these podcasts. He didn't appear last week because he was a bit ill. He's fine. He's fine. It was a bit of a cold, a bit of a temperature. You know, you know what it's like. Anyway, just time now for a, a quick Ben interlude. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Ben, what are we going to talk about? I was waiting for you to talk first. Well, that was me talking first. I was waiting for you to talk about the subject first and then I join in. Oh, I see. Well, um, how about we did... Um, we ought to have some sort of Doctor Who anecdote, don't you think? Yes. Um, what about something about Sylvester? Because you, you quite like Sylvester, don't you? Mm-hmm. Do you remember... <laughs> Do you remember him uh, in Australia when you were very little? Yes. Tell us about that. 
can't remember how it started. Oh. All I remember is you taking a picture of lightning and things. Oh, yeah. When we were up on the balcony of his yeah. room. Something about your figure? I don't really... I only remember I was playing under the table. Were you? Oh, when, <clears throat> when we were in the restaurant? Mm-hmm. Do you remember meeting Matt Smith? No. Don't you? No. I actually don't... Mm. Do you want me to show you a picture of it? He's put his hand over his face. <laughs> Do you remember that message that Matt Smith recorded for you? No. Do you? No! I really don't remember that. I'm going to have to go and get it. Sorry, I don't remember anything. <laughs> I've got earmuffs on. <laughs> what, to match my uh, headphones? Yes. They don't can... look bobbly enough. I've I haven't got these bubbles, so I have to do this. Can you actually hear anything when you've got them on? Yes, I can hear you. How can I be responding? <laughs> well, you point. know what you're saying. me i think you were too young for you to be able to recall it yeah do you how about that that was matt smith talking to you because he said you were very little at the time and he said what does he like what does he like and i said um oh he likes to say i'm the doctor he said right right i know what to do so he did the whole thing about you being the doctor isn't that funny you can't remember that this is what happens though did you know that kids i don't remember anything else apart from apart from this versa thing because that because that how how old was I when that I happened? I think you would have been about three years old. Uh, I don't know whether I was any... four years old when I met Sylvester, and I'm only six, so I can remember I think that. Seven, old. actually, ben. Clearly. Oh, seven! I think I was five when I when I saw Sylvester. Right. The second time I saw Sylvester, I was five. The first time I was three, and then the second time I was four. Third time, five, six. Time, zero things. <laughs> you left your figure in Australia with Sylvester, your Matt Smith figure. I know. And he sent me it in the post. <laughs> no, he didn't. Did he? No, he brought what? it with him to a big finish recording and we went and got it from him. Do you remember that? No. And he had a buggy. No. I'm just telling you the story. <laughs> we, he had a buggy because he had a bad leg at the time, so he was going around on a buggy. And he had Matt Smith sitting on the front of the buggy. And when you came into the green room, he said, um, I've got something for you, Ben. And you saw your Matt Smith on the buggy. Do you remember meeting uh, David Tennant? I've got, I, I was two, there was two of them. Two Matt Smiths. And you don't remember meeting David Tennant in that case? No. No? Because you went to his wedding party. I do not remember that. <laughs> okay, well, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? No, I'm not sure. And what do you think about the fact that lots of people have been interested in hearing you and the podcast? Lots, lots of big Finnish listeners. I don't know. Oh. I mean, maybe you're famous now. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I think you might be right. And uh, I've heard that when people ask you what you want to do in the future, it, you've told them that you want to take over from me as the voice of the Daleks. Is that right? Maybe. I only said that when I was four. Yeah, so it doesn't really count now, does it? No. I think I said it when I was four as well. I wanted to be the voice of the night. No, and now you are still. <laughs> All right, then. Well, now I don't know what I want to be. No. Very wise at your age. Keep your options open. That's the best thing, isn't it? Yes, I do. It's like, don't choose anything. Well, not now. Yeah, because you can't actually apply for it. <laughs> no, that's true. 
Good point. I might be able to apply for it when I'm 18 because that's when I can get a bank account. Yes. Okay, well, thank you for your participation on this podcast, Ben. Any last thoughts? No. Not really. No? Sorry, I don't really have much to say because I have a bit of an empty brain. <laughs> you? <laughs> All you... I can think about is going to bed. Yeah, well, it is nearly bedtime, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, what story are we reading? BFG. That's right, the, the BFG. big friendly giant. That's right. Should we go and do that then? Don't you need to read all those things? You mean the script for the podcast? Yeah, and those things. I've done it all already. Oh. Yeah. How could you do it with me then? I didn't do it with you. Okay. I've just... Re- Ow. I've just recorded. I've just hit my own hand. Record that again. Ow. <laughs> Did that hurt? No. You just bashed your own elbow on the table. But you have to be by the microphone. Yes, I'm by the microphone. No, but the front of it, that's where the recording bit is. You're learning all sorts of things. <laughs> I can't believe you still got the emails on. I recorded the emails earlier. Okay, I've got that. Now what? Well, no, that's it, isn't it? I was just asking if you had any. Was that bedtime then? Yeah. Okay. Time now for the Big Finish emails. This first one is from Dimitri Kuklin. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. If I hadn't, I'm very, very sorry. Hello, podcast. I've recently started listening to the Survivors range, and this is just perfect. You can tell that it has been made with love for the original series, as always, with Big Finish. So marvellous to hear Carolyn Seymour, Ian McCulloch, and Lucy Fleming reprising their roles. With the addition of brand new characters and good actors, especially the brilliant Louise Jameson and her stunning performance. New stories, which explore much darker themes and very atmospheric music by Nicholas Springs. Oh, thank you. Finally, we have the chance to experience the continuation of the Looking for Peter arc. So thank you for that. And my question is about the recent news. There was an announcement about further box sets being set in the series two or three of the original series. And that was the time when Dennis Lill joined the major cast as Charles Vaughan. And he was absolutely gorgeous. So is there any chance we could hear his beautiful accent in the future Survivors box sets? My second question is about Jonathan Morris. I've been wondering for a while, will he be writing more scripts for you anytime soon? He is one of my favourite Big Finish writers, and I just couldn't find his name on any future releases apart from one fourth Doctor story. I'd love to hear another Survivors episode written by him. And I hope we'll be hearing more from Ben in the podcast. He's so cute, especially his hmm noise, which sounds very like Nicholas Briggs's. What? What do you mean? (laughs) Do I go hmm? Anyway, it's every time I ask Ben a question, he makes that noise uh, for about 10 minutes and then finally answers. Uh, Thank you for your brilliant work. Dimitri Kuklin, Kuklin? I'm not sure. Sorry, Dimitri. Uh, Right. In answer to your first question about Dennis Lill, Well, through the wonders of editing, I've managed to go away, talk to David Richardson, and then come back another day and edit this bit in. (gasps) David says uh, the next series remains centred on Greg, Abby and Jenny, but wouldn't it be lovely to revisit the character of Charles? Johnny Morris. Yes, Johnny Morris will be writing more for us. Of course he will. He's brilliant. And as for Ben, as you've heard, we edited him in earlier, didn't we, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> what have you got there? Hi, Brad. Okay. The next email is from Ethan. Dear Mr. Briggs, I've been a fan of Big Finish since I first discovered you when my teacher played the chimes of midnight in our class to teach us all about the Edwardian era, in inverted commas, that last bit was. And when I bought my first Big Finish audio, City of Spires, oh, that was one with the Sixth Doctor and Jamie, and my collection has been growing ever since. Your work has inspired me to start making my own Doctor Who fan audios, and I think that without this amazing company, Doctor Who would be dead this year. I do have a question. Do you plan on bringing back Frobisher, as he is one of my favourite companions, and Robert Jezik was perfect casting? Hope you enjoyed reading this. 
I did, Ethan, even though I didn't do it awfully well. Uh, no plans to bring back Frobisher. So there you go. Sorry about that. This next one, uh, the last one, in fact, in this podcast, is from Peter Wood. Hello, Big Finish podcasters. Firstly, loving the regular podcast. Always a good start to the week. Thank you, Peter. I've just been listening to the audio adventures of Doctor Who bonus disc and have to ask, is there anything David Richardson doesn't produce? (laughs) Definitely a Big Finish legend, I say. Well, of course there isn't. He's the line producer. So even if he isn't the specific producer of a range he still has responsibility for it you know david in organizes the entire thing makes sure all the covers get printed make sure all the audio goes to the pressing plants and then uh, and is passed on to sue cowley who uploads everything to the server so that you can get downloads so yeah he's just involved in every element of production in one way or another to varying degrees on different ranges so in answer to your question Uh, There isn't anything that David Richardson doesn't produce. (laughs) A couple of quick questions, says Peter. Are there any further plans for Gallifrey? Yes, there are. They're top secret at the moment. Loved enemy lines and eager to hear more. Quite right. And can we have more multi-master stories? Steady on. We've just done one. The two masters was utterly fantastic. I have to agree. And hearing the masters spar bicker was brilliant. Thanks to Jeffrey Beavers and Alex McQueen. And indeed, everyone involved. Absolutely. Oh, yes. The writers, the director, Jamie Anderson, that is, he directed all three stories in the master trilogy for giving us such an audio treat says Peter thank you Peter that is the end of the emails coming up now our guest star interview and it is of course with Louise Jameson who we know as Leela from the fourth doctor adventures and and this was indeed recorded at a recent fourth doctor adventure recording Louise Jameson you are laughing at, at the pop shield on my recorder it looks like a very furry condom <laughs> <laughs> right that's been recorded for posterity uh, um, how are you doing Lou I'm great how are you I'm a bit toured out I'm in the middle of um, a mousetrap tour so I started January the 4th and we're now the middle of July and are we the middle of July? I don't even know what day um, it is. Middle sort of July. Yeah, 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 nearly the middle. And uh, yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit tired. This is my week off, and I've given it to Big Finish. That's how much I love you. Oh, thank goodness. I mean, we, <laughs> we, we've got so many scripts piling up for you, and you're just not available. Oh, I'm, well, I'm thrilled to hear that, and you know, I. You know how I feel about Big Finish. David Richardson, by the way, said I had to mention him three times. So can I do that now? Yeah. David Richardson, David Richardson, David Richardson. That's four because you said <laughs> oh, David yes. Richardson said. He's so got a he's bonus. <laughs> Your bonus for ten. <laughs> David Richardson. What can you say about David uh, Richardson? Oh, what I absolutely love David Richardson. He creates the best working atmosphere. He welcomes everybody. He's aware of everybody's diet. He makes cups of tea. He's just very astute on the casting he's and he's quietly humble in the corner of the room he won't take credit that's true it's not all about him but actually it is (laughs) but it is though he's quite good with the banter as well yeah he's been trying to teach me to banter which i don't do terribly well what is banter how do you define it's about being slightly rude to people oh yeah yeah you have to he said i'm useless at it <laughs> you're quite rude to me oh it's because i love you we oh. tease those we love the most is that what it is <clears throat> yeah the awful thing comes doesn't it when there's an imbalance when someone believes they have a relationship with someone that they don't have and yeah yeah yes that can that can yes that can tip the boat a bit when am i rude to you i'm not rude to you <laughs> No, it's true. I made it up. Yes. <laughs> I made it up to sound clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Now, there are two questions I ask people in the podcast. Okay. Just two. I mean, and anything else that comes out is fine. Well, one of them is, I'm not sure what the answer is to this with you. I mean, do you listen to any Big Finish? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to nearly all of them. I've got a little pile stacked up at the minute just because I haven't had the time. The ones you're in, you mean? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, That's I do. Right. Yeah. Is there anything... Well, I get sent them all. Yes. So they're there. And um, 
I, gra- I grab them when I have a long journey. I grab them off. They're in a little shelf by the front door. I grab them, which I think is when a lot of people listen to Big Finish. is in the car. I mean, oh, we have all this amazing equipment, but um, but actually, you know, to make sure that the sound is perfect and the balance is right and all that. But most people are listening to them on a rather tinny yeah. radio with something. Brrr, yeah, 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 brrr, going yeah, underneath true, it. Yeah. It has to work for both. Yes, it things. does. Yeah. That's something I have to watch with the sound designers. When they say, no, 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 you can hear it. I say, yeah, but people won't be able to hear it in their car yeah. or when they're on the tube listening to yeah. it on an iPod or an iPhone or whatever. Do people still have iPods? I suppose they do, don't they? I have to, don't ask me. <laughs> I bought one a long time ago. It's quite thick, though. I don't think they're that thick. No, no I think no. I think whatever they are is very slim. <laughs> whatever they do. Um, so what is agitating your molecules particularly about Big Finish that you've listened to one recently that you particularly liked or thought oh that was a good one Um, Survivors I'm so proud and pleased to be part of that series Um, and I thought Jane Moore this is an episode that I'm not in gave a particularly brilliant performance in uh, episode one of the fourth series um, as the Prime Minister's wife very recently widowed and she just hit the balance between practicality and emotion and truth. Number 10 will be locked down and quarantined in 10 minutes. Colonel. Ma'am, we're to evacuate to Whitehall and await further instructions. I'll get my things. I can't let you do that, ma'am. Am I to leave everything, Colonel? I have my orders, ma'am. This building's contaminated. We must evacuate immediately. Follow me. There'll be plenty of resources where we're going. Will my husband's body be dealt with appropriately, Colonel? Number 10 is to be quarantined, ma'am. Nobody in or out. Of course. I'm sorry. No need to be. I entirely understand. I I thought it was wonderful. Marvellous. Marvellous. Do you know her? I do know her, but I don't think any of you knew that I knew her. She's one of my dearest friends, yes. So I knew the voice. I didn't look at the cast list. I knew the voice immediately. And I thought, oh, what brilliant casting. Yeah. Well, she was amazing. I mean, I have a very um, close, intimate knowledge of Survivors because I do the music for it. So I listen to it over and over and over and over again, you know. So I thought it was an amazing performance. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. What about generally in entertainment? What what is, um, you know, agitating your molecules at the moment? Anything you've seen on television or the theatre or read in a book? Whatever's. The title escapes me. Oh. It was the most wonderful, moving, uh, in the West End, just finished, about drug addiction. It's a title, something, something and something. Uh, I'm going to have to go and Google it so I can give you a decent yeah, answer. What about, someone's going to know, open the door and ask okay. someone. Okay. We'll just go out with me not knowing. Yeah. We're going to find out. John Dorney knew, of course John Dorney knew. People, places and things. Uh, where's that on? It's not anymore. Oh, it's, it's just come off. And the central performance, again, I can't quote her name, but I'm sure loads of people listening to this will be able to. I, I, was, I just didn't want to move at the end of it. You see the process of uh, rehab through the drug addict's eyes. Uh, in in a way that that was so utterly moving and uh, m- mind-blowingly uh, accurate and articulate, uh, uh, it it was. I just didn't want to move at the end. You know, when the applause started, I just wanted to sit there and weep, basically. Uh, it was in, it, and it was such a lesson. I do think people should leave a the- theatre slightly different from how they went in it. I think the theatre should. It, it, alter your state and it can be very slight it can be you just leave happier or you leave more thoughtful but this was uh, this was if you've, if you've had addiction in your in your family or have ever known an addict um it's a must read i mean get hold of the script if you didn't get to see it uh, it was so edu- educative is that a word educational yeah. it yeah, was educative. i learned I think that's a, a lot well, yeah. yeah um is that the same for all forms of art all forms of writing and entertainment that you feel the audience should be somehow changed by it? I think should's quite a emotive word because that's always somebody else's point of view, isn't it? Should, ought to. That's 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 not that doesn't come from you could you could be altered. I think we have a duty to connect 
with our audience, yeah. What about when you've written for Big Finish? Because you've written well, you've written an episode of Survivors or two episodes of it, I can't uh, remember. <laughs> I've written a Doctor Who and a Survivors. I've written, co-written the Doctor Who with Nigel Fares and the, the Survivors. I'm just doing my second Survivors and my I've done and my first Omega Factor. So what's that for? You keep coming back, which I'm thrilled about. Uh, I, and I am—I know I've said it before, but I'm incredibly grateful that you've. I know you want more women writers, which is why I'm being encouraged. And I hope it hasn't been at the expense of a of a better male writer. Um, I, and and I do definitely bring a feminine take. I know I do that, um, but I do feel like I'm being paid to learn. So thank you. Oh, that's good. I must just obviously take you to task because you have this thing about me that I'm always mentioning we and poo. (laughs) (laughs) And and then you... It's true, it's true. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Um, and then, because uh, just to explain to the listeners, if if I make some kind of rude reference like that, you look at your watch and go, "Oh, yes, yeah, ten past eleven, or whatever the time is." You know, I finally, I held out a long time today. A long time today. Yeah, it was yeah. like, past, what time is it now? It was about half an hour ago. Yeah, so it was about four o'clock. Yay! Um, but then you went and wrote the first ever big finished <laughs> script. That has someone having a wee in it. <laughs> well, so what kind of hypocrite are you? It was an all-female <laughs> cast. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really interested in this justification. You yeah. know, this the, the, there's a kind of joke that women never go to the loo. On the, you know, the, if you're at a, in a pub, someone, a woman gets up to go to the loo and three or four others, you go with them. And yeah, you have a little yeah. gossip in there and you do your makeup and sometimes you don't close the door. You just sit and have your wee. You just, it's just, there's just a kind of ease and a kind of... That's just what women do. And I just thought it was a very good, it was a very good way of going, we're girls, we're women together. And we just have that, we have yeah. that easiness. With no, and it other. works perfectly. Thank I you. Think. I think I even put some nice tinkly music <laughs> on that bit. Well, I did enjoyed that, did it, just for you? <laughs> and I think while I was listening to it, I wrote to you and said, you <laughs> have just put a wee. Golly, Abby. Oh, God, you nearly gave me a heart attack. What is it? Call of nature. Oh, fine, but don't go into the... That's one weak ladder. Abby! She mustn't go into the woods. I'll go with her. I could do with a P2. Lock the door, Jenny. Hey, Abby, wait for me. We should keep together. Abby, you know the rules. (laughs) You must have been desperate. But, you know, there's also a, a rape, there's a near miscarriage. There were lesbians, but I had to cut them. Did you? Why? Um, because uh, because David was very sensitive about one of them being a baddie and uh-huh. and being politically correct, and it wasn't necessary to the storytelling. It was just incidental that she was gay, so, you know, it wasn't necessary. Yeah, and maybe it, was a, maybe it was a spoonful too much. We are women! You know, maybe it was a spoonful too much. Just putting everything I could in there that was female-oriented. <laughs> it was a, a really good story. I loved it. I absolutely it's loved dark, it. dark, dark uh, story. And then, uh, did you say you did a, put a poo in one as well? A poo? Yeah. Did I? Didn't you? You wrote to me and said, I've just put a poo in a script. <laughs> Well, did I just dream that? Did I just? No, I think I probably did send you an email, but I'm not sure it was the truth. (laughs) (laughs) So, is that some sort of harassment? (laughs) Sending me emails about poo? Sack me. (laughs) (laughs) Never, never. Uh, When did we first meet? You came to. You interviewed me in a, in a museum somewhere. (laughs) That's correct. I wonder what you remember. Where? It was for a Myth Makers. It was up yeah. north somewhere, wasn't it? It was had a sort of Victorian theme, and, and I, I think that was meant to sort of relate to Leela. That must have been 1991. I know I was wearing, because I've seen it, I, I've got a photograph somewhere of you doing the interview, and I'm wearing a jacket that I wore at my wedding. So it had to be after 1990. But it must have been early 90s. Yeah. Goodness. Anyway. Yeah, and I remember I came and did an interview with you for Doctor Who magazine and you cooked me a meal while we were doing the interview. Did I? Yeah. While we were chatting? Yeah, you said, are you hungry? And I went, well, 
yeah, okay. And you went, right, okay. And you were just <laughs> frying stuff up. And you That's my brilliant. speciality. I just, I don't cook to recipes. I just pull whatever's in the cupboard out and put it all together. That's good. Anyway, that's all from recipe time. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. What, what a lovely day we've had. And there's more yeah, of it tomorrow, you know. Always a great day. Always. Bye. What? Bye. Is that it? That's it, yeah. There's no, nothing you want to add, is there? Uh, when does this go out? Uh, next week. Okay, so after the... I'm just going to do a plug now. Oh, yeah. After the mousetrap... Yeah. Uh, which finishes mid-August. I then start rehearsals for something called Diva Drag, Ooh. which is going on at the Hope and Anchor in Islington for September. And then I'm doing a musical right out my comfort zone, because I don't really sing, uh, called Rumpy Pumpy. <laughs> Should we leave it to that? Yes. It's <laughs> very interesting. I must come and see these things. <laughs> I'm now pressing stop. Bye. <laughs> Thank you very much to Louise for doing that interview. We were both tired at the end of the day, so as you can hear, the good deal, deal of hilarity entered into proceedings. <sighs> Time now for a random release from the Big Finish archive. Right, to activate the Randomoid Selectatron. <laughs> oh dear, how's this going to work? I'm just typing in random things to the search engine, see what comes up. Probably nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. How about if I did that? No, 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 no. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, there you go. Grand Theft Cosmos. Here's the trailer. Oh, look. What? There's the Doctor and Lucy. Where? Don't look now! When he's bored of his artists, he goes out onto his balcony and eats them in front of a crowd. Blimey, Charlotte! Come on out! Good grief! What is it? The statue, it's moving! In fact, it's moved! I thought you were dead. Who told you that? No, I'm super. Never been better. I think it's time you backed off, Doctor. What could we do? I'll think of something. I must have misheard. Yeah. I mean, after all, Karen's dead does sound a lot like Karen's in Sweden in the late 1890s, doesn't it? What's that noise? I can't let it fall into the wrong hands. Nobody's going to recognise us. Just act casual. In fact, I can't let it fall into any hands. Oh, look over there. What? His works alter the fabric of the world around them. I just suddenly came over terribly faint. They have a malign influence on people. Not the guard out, pick the lock. Can't believe I fell for that. It's only a matter of time before it spills out into our universe, causing a collision of matter that will certainly kill us all. So, what are you saying? We are going to steal it first. I made the trailer for Grand Theft Cosmos. I loved it. Um, obviously, I was involved in the commissioning of it. An Eighth Doctor story. Uh... Sheridan Smith as Lucy Miller being brilliant and uh, written by Eddie Robson and of course directed by Barnaby Edwards I think it was the first time we worked with Christopher Benjamin was it I think it was I think it was before we did Jago and Lightfoot so that was interesting he's playing the part of Tardelli we also had Colin Spall in there who's been in a couple of Doctor Who things the um the uh, the new series story with the Cybermen and also in Revelation of the Daleks um, and I'm sure that Michael Maloney was... Yeah, Michael Maloney was in it playing Simonson, or was it Simonson? I can't remember. Anyway, fantastic cast, a brilliant script, a real sort of caper story. Um, I'm pretty certain that this was one in which Sheridan Smith was unavailable to record it, so she uh, was biked in... <laughs> A few days later, she literally had a 45-minute gap in her schedule from um, filming a TV series during the day and performing a big musical in the evening in the West End of London. And she came in and I read all the other parts and she just reacted off that. Um, and I particularly remember the fact that she wasn't there at the main recording because I remember the script editor, Alan Barnes, my dear friend Alan Barnes, said to me once when we were listening to a bit of it in my car as we were coming back from a lunch, he said to me, gosh, those two, they, they really, you know, spark off each other well, Paul and Sheridan. And I said, well, can I tell you, they weren't present together during that recording. 
I also have to confess that although Katerina Olsen, who plays the headhunter brilliantly, um, did read in for Lucy Miller quite a lot of the time, um, for significant chunks of the main recording, I read in Lucy Miller and um, Paul McGann mocked me beautifully because <laughs> I was doing, you know, a northern accent. Uh, he, he's, Sorry, that was patronising to all people who live north of Watford in the UK. Um, Paul said to me, well, Nick, it's like she's in the room. <laughs> yes, that put me in my place. Anyway, I, I love it. And I, I did edit together that um, trailer you heard earlier because of my love of the story and fantastic performance uh, uh, by Louise Fullerton as the returning character, Karen. I think this was the last one she did with us. We we planned a final story for her. In fact, we had other plans for the character. And then Louise just gave up acting. She just did not want to be in the profession anymore, which is a tragedy because I thought she was absolutely brilliant and really superb as the, the character. Um, anyway, so lots of fond memories of this. It's, it is actually one of my personal favourites to listen to. In fact, I shall probably listen to it again after this podcast. Not immediately afterwards. That would just be mad. Um, but uh, yeah, I will. There we have it. Time now for a competition. Thanks to our friends at the Collinsport Historical Society, we have a new competition to win some exclusive Dark Shadows goodies, but you'll need to hear their podcast, available on the Big Finish website, to find the answer. In the podcast, Marcy Robin tells us the title of her story, which will form part of December's Dark Shadows release, Haunting Memories. What was the title? Email your answer to podcast at bigfinish.com with the subject header Dark Shadows Competition by midnight on Sunday the 14th of August. That's in 2016. Of course. One lucky winner will receive a signed version of Dark Shadows Blood and Fire and Dark Shadows Echoes of the Past along with a special secret prize. Okay, now, before I tell you, I don't know why I made that funny noise. There's something wrong with me. Quick, call a doctor. Uh, before I tell you um, what's happening in the next podcast, not much to say about it at all, in fact. Just um, a reminder of the latest releases. What's just coming out? The Avengers, The Lost Episodes, Volume 6, our penultimate box set for Steed and Keel, recreating three adventures from the original TV series, starring Anthony Howe and Julian Wadham. Here's a clip. Come on, Steed, where have you got to? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, come one, come all, and witness the artistry of the East, thrilled to the skill of the exotic belly dancers of Arabia, fun for all the family, come on in, the show's about to start. Oh, good Lord. And so we come to the end of this podcast. And you see, next week I am being forced to go on holiday. <laughs> I just hope my wife doesn't listen to this. No, she's not forcing me. I'm just not very keen on holidays, but I am going on one. And that's that. And apparently I need it, so I better go. And it's going to be fun and lovely. Um, so I'm told the podcast next week is being handled by um, Martin Montague and David Richardson. They're doing something. I don't know what they're doing. Um, probably just having fun. But we'll see. That will be out next Monday. So uh, until the week afterwards, when I'll be back, it's goodbye from me. Just to say before I go, of course, coming up right now is the second part of our serialization of the first episode of Dark Eyes starring Paul McGann as the Doctor. And uh, it's the episode is entitled The Great War. And the reason we're serialising it is, of course, it's 100 years since the terrible Battle of the Somme uh, in the First World War. Anyway, here it is.
Dear Mammy, it is an uncommonly lovely sunny day today. I am very hot in my uniform, but dare not take it off for fear of the matron's scorn. She really is such a terror to us girls. We are on our way to pick up more wounded from the front. Managed to get some sleep, but was woken by the buzzing flies and the itching of the little visitors in my hair. Do not be ashamed of me, Mammy. It is the same for all of us here. Knits, knits and more knits and no time for a change of clothes or a bath in two weeks now. I hope to get my chance for a good clean up when we get back to the chateau. Kitty is now too ill to travel. I am sorry to say they put her in the tent with all the hopeless cases two days ago, which I think is very unfair. But beds are in short supply and I still hold out hope for her. We pray every night together and she does not complain, though I know the pain must be terrible for her. I see it in her eyes, no matter how hard she tries to hide it from me. My beautiful, bright Kitty Donaldson. How her grand old mammy in the big house back in London would weep if she could see her poor little girl now. The gas gangrene is a terrible thing. The trained nurses still get uppity with us when the boys call us voluntary aid detachment girls nurse or sister. No, 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 said Nurse Allenby yesterday. These girls are not nurses. They are vads. Vads, I say. They are horribly strict and insist we are only here to scrub the floors and carry the buckets. Thank goodness for a few of the nurses who have been here longer. They understand that we have learnt much and can help with more than just the scrubbing and the fetching. Have to go now. I've been looking up and down the train for you. Did you not off? No, I did not. I was just writing home. We're pulling into the station. I know, Isabel, I know. And do your top button up or matron will skin you alive so she will. Oh, but it's so hot today. I'm sure she wouldn't mind. nothing, my girl. We're not to show these poor lads an inch of anything indecent. They've suffered enough. I heard that when the Vads first came over here, the ladies dressed in their finest gowns to receive the wounded. They say the boys thought they'd died and gone to heaven. Heaven my arse, Isabel Stanford. These poor lads have come straight from the very jaws of hell, and we're not to give them any nasty shocks. Button up. There's been a big battle. That's why we're here, Clothhead. Now follow me and do as you're told. Sorry, Mommy. Did the battle happen here? This place is a terrible mess. Of course not. They just got shelled a few months back, that's all. <laughs> Looks like there's been a gas attack. A gas? Oh, you've a lot to learn, Isabel. We can set him down now. Let him die in peace. Quiet. Where are you? Where are you? No, no, no. Leave him. Let's give him a chance. They might be able to do something for him. I got caught right in the middle of it. No respirator. Never seen anyone live long after that. What's that? What's he got there? Looks like a penny whistle. Reading you, Strong. Hey. What are you saying? <coughs> I, I said... We must 
be going in the right direction. Oh, all for your sake, we are. Oh, boy. Mustard gas. Mustard gas, sulfur monochloride, chlorethanol, potassium sulfide. Phosphorus trichloride could be deadly even for a Gallifrey. <coughs> Settle there. What's he doing? <coughs> How are you feeling, old fella? Can't understand these readings. Can you understand these readings? Blimey, penny whistle lights up. His own sound like a penny whistle. That sounds weird. Oh, don't talk to me about queer sounds, Hodgie. Not after what I heard last night. I never heard it. Yeah, well, I did. You mark my words. The Bosch are up to something even worse than gas. Uh, I'll see if I can get a nurse for him. And you get your arm seen to today. You fit now? Uh, yes. Sorry, Molly. I never mind your sorrows. I disgraced myself. It was a bad wound. It's always a shock the first time, seeing something like that. Our boys deserve better from me. I won't let it happen again. Well, see that you don't. Now, come on. The nurses need us to help with the old bandages they're taking off the men. You think you're up to that? Yes, Molly, I am. Sister! Sister! All right now, Private. You're not to call me sister unless you've a mind to get me into trouble. Eh? What, well, you're a nurse, aren't you? Oh, never mind. Get yourself on the train and we'll have that leg dressing scene too. Ah, oh, no, no, don't worry about that. There's a bloke back there. Got caught in the gas. Pretty bad, but he's got the spark he has. Like he might make it. Uh, over on that cart, you mean? Ah, uh, that's the one. How bad are his burns? <sighs> it's hard to tell. He's caked in mud, but he's coughing pretty bad. All right. On the train with you. Isabel, come with me. Thanks, sister. Why do the nurses get so cross when the men call us sister? Oh, because they think they're better than us. Well, I suppose they are better trained, but... Oh, they should give us some credit for what we've been through. Ah, they don't mean any harm by it. They'll soon get over themselves. Oh, 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 it looks like he's made of stone. Caked from tip to toe in mud, aren't you now? What's that noise? Oh, it's his penny whistle. Lights up, too. Now there's a thing. <coughs> can, can you make sense of these readings? Readings? What are you talking about now? Will you be quoting scripture at me, eh? Have you seen his clothes? I hadn't noticed his uniform. He's so mucky. Hey, you don't reckon he's a bosh, do you? And his hair's all long. I couldn't find a barber's in no man's land. And your friend was quite right. He's fair sparky for a gas case. We need a pan of ammonia. Here now, Private, can you sort that out for me? Oh, right you are, sister. But the sooner we get the relativity map functional, the better. Prepare for the next phase. <laughs>